0: Hello, and welcome to the Money Marketing Podcast. I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and we are back again with the, some of the editorial team. Some of us are out um, for different reasons, but um, I'm joined by the editorial team for our end of month podcast. So everyone, if you want to introduce yourself.
1: Hi, uh, M- Michael, uh, Acting Editor. Amanda, Feature
2: Writer.
3: Hi, uh, Reporter. Hi, Darius. I'm the uh, latest addition to the of Investment Reporter.
0: Okay, great. So, Mark was mostly the month of the budget and we did a budget uh podcast so if you want to hear more from what the editorial team found or their opinions on the budget uh listen to that spring spring budget podcast um so we're not going to mention that too much unless you know there's anything you wanted to expand upon with that with that guys I don't know
1: uh, I th- I think not. I think we've 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 covered it quite extensively yeah. um, and done it to, uh, to death pretty, pretty much as has every other financial publication I know.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you do want to see all of our coverage, just go to the money marketing website and you guys can check that out. Um, but let's start with Amanda. So for March, uh, what, was there anything that stood out for you?
2: Well, apart from them, um, I know we've just done the budget thing, but apart from so I still hate the money purchase annual allowance, even though it's bigger. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I will, move on from, I will move on from that. I'm not going to so have another rant because I had a rant previously. But, um, yeah. yeah, this time around, I'm, I'm going to rant again about a different subject, to be honest. Um, yeah. I will talk about my leader that's in the March uh, edition because I'm, um, in that, I'm arguing the case for compulsory financial education in primary school. Yes, um, regular listeners will know I've already got um, kids in, you know, both primary and secondary school, so it's something I've kind of been observing over the last few years. I'm, I'm, yeah about the last few years so um i think this is an issue because when you start secondary school you you kind of more introduced to the sort of jargon the academic jargon in all your subjects like picking up my kids books it's like you know what is this it's like a foreign language and mm. i just think if we if we leave um financial education to that stage then i think inevitably you're going to get the sort of jargon woven woven into that and my argument in this leader was that if we start you know doing it compulsory Australia, you know primary school age there's less of that jargon so it's a nice clear foundation from which to start and then you can build as you sort of go throughout school but um, some people have said to me that It doesn't matter so much when they're so young. It kind of is more relevant when they're, you know, about to leave school and, you know, potentially earning their own money if they sort of leave school and get a job or whatever. It starts to become more relevant at that point. So, you know, why bother early on? But I think that that's much too late. And Mm. I think it could easily be woven into the stuff that they are taught now at primary school because you know I I don't know if it was when you were at primary school as well but now nowadays they sort of you know teach you how to count money and you know if you have 10p and you spend 2p how much have you got and that sort of thing I think you could branch out quite easily. So I think it's doable. But um I I do want to sort of, you know, come back to someone that commented on that story online. Um mm-hmm. they said that there's research from the US that shows that financial education in schools just doesn't work, um that it comes from the home. And that, you know, if you come from a wealthier, educated background, your parents have got this in hand anyway, so you don't need it coming from the school. But, um, and others that don't have that at home are just not really going to take it on board anyway. But, yeah, you know, I mean, I, d- I don't know what anyone else thinks about that, but I was just thinking, well, if we kind of took that approach to everything that we teach in school, you know, what would we teach? Would we teach them anything? Because I'm certainly not a, you know, an expert in art or whatever. So if they come home to me with you know drawings and techniques i don't have the foggiest but does that yeah. mean that we don't teach art do we not teach you know do you know what i mean You know what i'm trying I, to it's, say it's, it's really interesting
0: that they made that point about money but i feel like in school like in my mind when you were saying all of that and people saying that it doesn't have any effect um on them learning from such an early stage they don't actually they need it more when they're leaving but Like if I think about like one class that I did from like primary school, which was like, um, like food tech, like you'd start off just doing super simple things. And then I think as I got older, going through school, we would do more, um, more intricate um, recipes and adding more skills and techniques to what we were doing. But that was off of the basis of what I'd learned when I was like eight or nine. I wasn't starting from scratch. I was starting from another basis. So, in my mind, if you start by s- setting um, a curriculum that starts with the mo- more simpler uh, financial education jargon or techniques or whatever, and then you keep building, I think that is something that inherently you'll just be able to be like, oh, this is like, w- this is just building on what I learned when I was in Yesex. And now that's how it would work in my mind. Um, and like you said about it starting at home, um, my parents are scientists while well, they're in the medical field, medical profession. So my love of writing and English wasn't inherent for either of them, but they, and, and there wasn't something that they could nurture apart from, you know, taking me to the library and stuff like that. So I don't know how... Uh, parents who don't have a background in finance or a background that is wealthy or have friends in their friendship circles who are accountants or financial advisors, you know, like you you won't really have anyone around you who can talk to you about that. But that's that's just my scattered thoughts on that I don't
2: know I agree with you totally Kim I you know, couldn't agree with you more on that but it's just this this kind of you know where's your evidence to say that it works I was a little bit stumped because I think you know research as a whole you know you get me going on that you know on a whole different sort of topic because you know research has to be funded where's the money going to come from to even look at this whether it's effective or not don't see it happening in this country at the moment so you know and we know stats can be proved to you know show what whatever you want really if you've got funding behind you but maybe I'm being cynical I don't
0: know yeah no I I I I can be just as cynical and say that maybe some people don't want people to be financially educated because it benefits some people if a certain class of people never learn how to better their finances I guess
2: mm, that's just my anything.
0: super cynical side <laughs> um was there anything else that stood out for you and
2: Um, yeah, sorry. runs over on that yeah. one. Yeah, um, I will try and uh. I love a good wanted... rant, Amanda so. <laughs> okay. um I looked at financial abuse. This is a serious subject now. and was looking, you know, what um how financial advisors can kind of deal with it if they suspect that there's financial abuse going on. And it's kind of an interesting one because, you know, if you're confronted with it and you don't necessarily kind of know really what's going on, you might have a little inkling that something's not quite right. You know, it's best probably to just kind of, you know, keep your eyes and ears open, you know, for any sort of you know, unusual withdrawals and, you know, find out if there's anyone new in this person's life that's kind of like making financial decisions and stuff like that, you know, just sort of keep it quite low key and then sort of try to, you know, speak to them about it rather than, you know, rushing in. Because I think You know, if I suspected something was going on, I think I'd be like, wanting to like you know chomping at the mm. bit to try and you know oh you know you must get away from this person da da da. but you know I've, I've been sort of speaking to people who know more about this stuff than I do so and the softly softly approach is kind of you know the better way because you you know half the time people don't really know that they're even being financial abused there's a lot of manipulation going on mm. there and as a financial advisor you're not necessarily going to know the whole story immediately it's kind of like um you can only sort of you know do so much as well like you are a financial advisor at the end of the day and you can point them to charities and organizations and whatever but um you know you can't kind of solve you know all their life issues for them you know if they've got other stuff going on that's for them to kind of take on at some point but just guide them you know saying but um I do want to say it's interesting speaking to advisors who not necessarily sort of having clients that are. Financially abused, but there's things that you know you look at and think, Oh my god, this is just awful. Um, Sheena Doki, one of my financial advisors I speak to regularly, she's got a client who's not working, got a bad back, sort of suffers from terrible pain. And her husband, he works, he's got sort of quite a bit of money, but you know, thinks nothing of spending you know, his money on expensive shirts for work, whereas he won't pay for a private scam for his wife. And yeah. that's not financial abuse, but it's just, it's, it's not quite right, is it? So, you know, it's just sort of listening to things and seeing if something like that could potentially escalate. But, yeah. you know, um, knowing when to intervene and what to do, I suppose. So I thought that was quite an interesting one anyway.
0: I think that's t- that is technically financial abuse towards a wife if she if he's the one who kind of has control over the money, and she has no say in the spending. I think that is like into in outside of like financial advice and yeah. stuff. I think yeah. in a in a relationship that is financial abuse. But again, you can't really address that because that's between the two of them. But you c- you can probably just make her see
2: exactly that
0: it's not right and she, uh, then see the, if she needs to take certain steps, point her in the right direction, Th- that kind of thing. Um, That's so that, the
2: thing, is, this whole thing in marriage, isn't it? You know, you don't necessarily have to be the earning. You know? I'm sure she does things for the, you know, the husband that, you know, uh-huh. he should- at least, you know, my husband, i will in shirts, but then, you know, I'm not going to do it for nothing. If like the kids need something, then, you know, I'm going to go to him and say, you know, you need to pay for this, that and the other, because I can't yeah. do it on my own. So yeah. it's, fair, it's fair, isn't it? But if it's, yeah, an imbalance of power, I think that's what we're getting at here. Exactly. Exactly. You
0: need equity in a relationship as well as equality. So, but um, yeah, those are all very interesting topics that I could talk on about forever, <laughs> um, but I think we should probably move on to um, Momodou, um, Was there anything for you that stood out in March that you covered?
4: Um, in March, yes. I, think so. um, I mean, I covered this was... attention tracing and repetition. I think that sounds very interesting, I think, mm. I mean, with, with all this AI-led and uh, um, kind of like um, Tech driven, you know, s- s- such as I think um, for them to come up with this, I think this was in- innovative. I think, you know, I mean, I'm all in for pension tracing, yeah. So, I mean, um, what, we,
0: so what, what is it exactly? Sorry,
4: it's kind of like an AI led pension tracing, pension okay. tracing, you know, you know, giving people a chance to, to kind of like um, trace lost pension bots.
0: Oh, okay. So you can just type in like your name, what, where yes, you I used to work, is. kind but, of yes. thing?
4: Yes, exactly. You know, check your, check your stuff, you know. But I mean, that would be driven by AI, you know. So I think, I mean, with AI, it's faster, it's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know?
4: so. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the plan to launch this year, you know. So I thought um, that was like a very good story we kind of carried. Uh, and I spoke to the, I mean, the CEO of Aviva Life. I mean, UK and Ireland, Doug Brown. Yeah, I mean, I mean, according to Doug Brown, I mean, this would be market-leading. I mean, proposition.
0: Yeah, no, I. It sounds great.
4: Yeah, game changer, you know. I mean, with all this, I mean, ChatGPT, I mean, GPT and yeah, yeah, kind of stuff. So to see big fans like, I mean, Aviva, you know, taking down these blocks. I mean, I think mm. that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And and you have kind of like um, 6 million customers. So I think, you know, that's a very large amount of people that will be known to help. Who,
0: yeah, who definitely have like pensions all over. For oh, yeah. me, I think it would. Well, now I have um, my mum was always uh, one of those people, you know, when you used to get letters, obviously everything's digital now. But when you yeah. used to get letters from like your pension providers and stuff, my mom would make me keep all that stuff in a folder from when I got my first job when I was 17. So uh, when uh, the like the ability to move your pension pots into one place happened um, I just was able to kind of refer back to those letters find my like you need like a number right like a reference number for your account and then from there I was able to transfer everything in from when I was young into one place but I can only imagine for someone who's been working for 30 40 years how many of those letters they might have misplaced if they've moved whatever so having an AI the ability just to type in your information and an AI to be like oh these are this is where your pension pots are and then you can just
4: Transfer. Yeah, 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 I mean, I think, yeah, I, mean, I think that's a very good point. I and mean, then, yeah, I mean, you seem very, very, very well organized. I mean, Kim, to have that. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> it's, it's, the perks of having a Zimbabwean mom, uh very organized Zimbabwean mom. She's very, uh, lucky, yeah. <laughs> she's taught me some things that, well, I had no choice but to learn. So, yeah, it, it turned out in my favor. Um, Was there anything else that you wanted to cover?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I mean the Vanguard um, stuff also, but because of, uh, I mean, I covered it for the mic, you know, so maybe uh, I can
0: uh, talk uh, about say, it uh,
4: can, when we talk about it. I mean, the April issue, you know.
0: Okay, okay, we'll we'll put a pin in it for now. Um, Darius, as our new member, um, I think you've had enough time to have written quite a few stories. Was there anything that stood out for you?
3: <clears throat> yeah thanks kim um I would say um uh consumer duty is sort of um a very big uh, trend of theme um as you know as that I've started on um yeah sort of coming it's to, um, looming
0: yeah. over everyone
3: yeah and it, obviously the the deadline is getting closer the thirty first of July isn't um that far away um mm-hmm. but no, i have one thing that i've um uh not quite reported on that I thought would surprised me is that seventy three percent of advisors are still not ready for it um and that uh, they broke it down that in between in that and three percent, sixty-five percent advisors were just behind and worked to comply with the uh, rules, and eight percent had not even started yet. And mm. I thought, considering it's such a uh, a big topic within the industry, and you know it's getting a lot of focus for, for you know relevant reasons, I was just sort of quite surprised by that number really, because um you know it's it's a big deal when you know the eight percent had not even started yet. I was like, oh yes, um and obviously the 65 over behind it I thought I was yeah just sort of quite a startling i thought
0: yeah i don't know why they haven't started it it, ge- it gives me the feeling of like you know some of those students at university who would wait until like the last week before this is the dissertation needed to be handed in to be like okay now i have to mm. do you know so the, the it feels like there's an element of that or maybe yeah. they just yeah. or maybe yeah. they just don't think it's going to have that big of an effect on the their processes or the way that they deal with their clients Hmm. or maybe they feel like they're already doing everything that is necessary Um, so it'll be interesting to see where all of those people who've said that they're not they haven't done anything or they have they're not ready to see where they fall after the deadline it'll be cool to see what the pickup is um you also did your first weekend essay um how did that go
3: i did yeah um yeah it was um it was a good thing it was something i'm not really used to like um focusing on my own opinion or so forth uh but yeah that no, was interesting i tried it because i had a, a role where i focus on crypto investments prior to money marketing. i tried to uh, infuse the two between crypto advisors and bring mm-hmm. them together um and yeah i had an interview with a uh, ceo of rubicon uh crypto which is um, mm-hmm. He was based in the US and you know, he was just talking about how his model sort of uh, established and based on the idea that advisors will sort of uh, pick up or integrate crypto you know, down the line. You know, that's, you know the idea is that they're sort of um, uh, predicting that will happen. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it was it's a sort of interest that you know, there's a you know a genuine sort of crosshair on the Venn diagram of how they you know they're related and so forth. And he said effectively wealthier clients won't actually sort of get into crypto until uh, their advisor like actually starts, you know, backing it as a credible yeah. asset, saying that, yeah, I think it is worth looking into whatever cryptocurrency, you know. Um and that's when they start they to like truly pick it up and get into it.
0: Yeah. I think because a lot of advisors are quite cynical about um, crypto and maybe rightly so because there are so many, apart from like Bitcoin and Ethereum, there are so many crap coins out there that are just like uh, cash grabs for the people who are creating them and it's quite a volatile market right now. So I think maybe once that... it stabilizes a little bit and more people are starting to use crypto for like everyday purchases, maybe potentially, then, you know, when we move to Web3 and we're all decentralized and the blockchain <laughs> and all of that, yeah. when that is fully in place, I think maybe advisors will be more comfortable to do that. But, you know, that's just our forward thinking future, hopefully. um cool so finally mike was what stood out for you in march
1: for me well apart from the the budget
0: yeah <laughs> that you, I would... you were all over the budget
1: yeah um and all of... the
0: changes that entailed for pensions as yeah. our pension guy.
1: yeah just but um it just struck me though just after i said i wouldn't talk uh talk about it but um i just wonder remark is that just after sort of all the years of covering it um and it kind of being my specialism it's just still interesting how uh, even now you know i I just kind of know the tip of the iceberg of it there's just so much to it Mm -hmm. and just how one change it's just very very technical Mm -hmm. um and it's just very very hard to to understand and communicate these changes in plain english Mm -hmm. so god god knows what hope there is for the you know general public um and they're big sums of money as well yeah. So, so, um, you can accumulate over your lifetime. So, yeah, so that, that was that, um, from a kind of news perspective, that's what stood out to me. Um, I think from, uh, a mag perspective, um, for March, um, I know she's not, not here. Um, mm-hmm. but I, but I wanted to, uh, mention, uh, the leader, uh, Lois did on uh, artificial intelligence yeah. coming, coming for all of us. Yeah. Um and chat which is referenced, um, which um, is very popular. Just so that
0: all, all our listeners know Mike is not a fan. <laughs> or he's mm-hmm. he's a he's 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 a skeptic
1: of it. Yeah, yeah. It, you just after a while it just sort of you, you become a I I guess a lot more skeptical as yeah. you age. Um uh, and I believe it, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Um yeah. that's why I say about anything now. Um and then the other thing which was interesting was that she had a really good um, and meets um with eq investors co uh, uh, CEO Sophie Kennedy, mm-hmm. which is interesting, which is about you know fostering an inclusive environment in in kind of financial services mm-hmm. and the financial advice space um you know which is which is very well done I and mean, has very very lovely um uh, you know pictures yeah which is which is always great because it's important to remember that we do do um you know uh, the print have magazine. Those
0: visuals yeah
1: have those visuals yeah. And it's really nice to have, you know, a sit down, you know, long form interview um, with a photographer that comes along and you have that human interest and character and, and, and narrative. Mm. Um, and also, I wanted to uh, to mention um, some of the pieces that uh, uh, Maria Merricks, a um, uh, great uh, features um, editor, uh, pulled out for us for the March issue. One really interesting piece um, uh, uh, that she commissioned was from Emma Thompson, uh, who was. Talking about um, uh, 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 protection in the advice space for for women, which is well worth worth to read. Mm. Um, and also also Rachel uh, uh, Avahi, um, who talked about um, uh, the WPs um, ideas for consolidating small pension pots. Um, uh, she wasn't impressed by that, so that was another piece I wanted to put out as well that that really struck me. Um, uh, you know, for the uh, uh, that was in the March issue. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to, 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 you know, uh, mention those, um, you know, uh, those pieces and topics, and yeah. members of the team.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously we missed, uh, Maria and Lois, um, but hopefully we'll be able to all get together for our April end of month podcast. um, so while we're talking about the April issue, shall we uh, kind of get a little sneak peek on into that? Um, who wrote the cover for the April issue?
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And you mentioned uh, something to do with Vanguard.
4: Yes, yes, yes. That's correct. I mean Vanguard. yeah. Um, Earlier this month, I mean, uh, I mean Vanguard, um, I mean, dropped like a bombshell, you know, mm. when they announced that uh, they are closing their Lucas advice proposition,
0: right?
4: And that's kind of like sent shockwaves, you know, you know, because because I mean, I, I think Vanguard was seen as the as the wealth firm, you know, that could make this proposition work, yeah, advice. I mean, that was the, I mean, I mean Vanguard pitch that proposition that um the, it will help close the advice gap. Yeah. So when when they announced that um, that's they were ditching that um advice service, um I mean the sector just <laughs> um kind of yeah I mean there was kind of like a, a I mean divided opinion, yeah. I mean mm. some were happy and some were kind of like uh, I mean sad I mean it go. Yeah you know, yeah so recover kind of like um they're uh, deeper, you know, it went to locals, you know, advice, you know, um, asking whether, um, there's any chance, you know, that's, I mean, did I mean this will survive?
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> it kind of like, I mean, local position. I mean, because, I mean, the whole idea of, I mean, did, I mean, this advice gap, you know, has been going on for a long time. You know? So, I mean, so it's like, um, which farm will step in, you know, But you, but you still have, I mean, some some farms who kind of like uh, still want to go on with, the, I mean, with, I mean, with hybrid advice.
3: Okay. You know?
4: you know, so, so yeah, so the cover, as I said, without giving much away, kind of like, um, um, discuss the vanguard issue, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, ask relevant, you know, experts get opinion, you know, so, so yeah, so, uh, I mean, I would say, find time and really, yeah, yeah, that's a well written piece of it.
0: Okay. Well, definitely. Of course, it's going to be well written. Um, It's going to be interesting to read and delve more. I'm not going to obviously ask for too much on why people are happy and sad. We can delve more into that um, at our next end of month podcast, but it sounds like a really interesting thing. sounds like maybe they basically were like, well, nope, we can't close the advice gap. Sorry.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, exactly. So, and then, and then because of, I mean, um, the vanguard, as I said, um, um status was kind of like, um, was seen as a threat by some advisors. Mm. You know? it, it was trying to kind of like, vanguard was trying to undercut them, you know. So, oh, yeah. So, when this thing happened, and uh, there was kind of like a bit of it.
0: <laughs> uproar. Right,
4: yeah. indeed, the, in the, you know, okay. And 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 people who believe that um um uh advice is kind of like a lot of people, you know said you know I so yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. it's very hard to close the advice gap. It's very hard, yeah. You know, yeah. So many sounds factors, like, So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Of course, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so well,
4: the yeah, the business, you
0: know? uh, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Everyone needs to read it for sure. Um, what about you, Darius? Um, is there anything? Have you written anything for the April issue?
3: Uh, oh yeah. Um. Well, well, I, uh, well, uh, well, uh, I will do. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'll be. I'll be writing a, uh, a leader. Um. So yeah, I'm a. Uh,
0: oh, it, that that will probably go in the May issue, I guess.
3: Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Like, oh, so you mean just for pieces written out? Sorry. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So so I was thinking of, of, of yeah. So I was of, yeah. I say March. Yeah, March. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I wrote. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. I wrote um, an ESG in focus um, piece uh, for the uh, April issue. Yeah. Um, uh, regarding um, the VFCH when I clamped down on uh, greenwashing, they uh, guess, start specifically with asset managers and funds, and ideally um if it all goes to plan, sort of um give it a wider sort of spread across the um of the economy and so forth. So yeah, that's um that's what my uh, piece was about and just you know speaking to people and you know, how, what they thought uh had you know the reaction to it and they think it was um moving in the right direction or not or what it should amend to it. And and re- recently actually um Michael I believe it was you but they've actually announced amendment uh to that um of this um the, uh, the ESG labels that they're, they're re- refining specific criteria of it after hearing back from uh, yes, uh, the yeah, closed. Those, yeah, back they're from they're, it. they're yeah.
1: going to delay the rules yeah. um, implementing them from Q2 to Q3. Yeah, yeah. And they're relaxing them a, a, a little bit. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for your first in focus. Um, hopefully, Thank everyone yeah, will yeah. enjoy it. Great. Um, Amanda, is there anything, well, you definitely have written quite a few things for the April issue, but uh, which ones would you like to give us a little sneak peek about?
2: Um, but The main one is probably um, should pension tax relief used to help fund care costs? You know, we've all talked about care costs before, you know, on massive issue it is. But um, it's a proposal that the ABI have come up with. Um, Because currently if you make a withdrawal, you are charged at your marginal tax rate. But they've proposed that um if if you um make a withdrawal and use it to pay for care, you know, could you have this at tax-free or at least at a preferential rate? It sounds a great idea and I personally like it, but um people have told me it's not as easy as it sounds or a few practical considerations. So um, I won't say any more about those, you know, read the read the article to find out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. And finally, Mike, is there anything in the April issue you'd like to highlight?
1: Ah, uh, uh, yeah. One of them was uh, Nick, um, Nick Chakuti um, mm-hmm. wrote a piece about again, so coming back about pensions, about uh, you know the government's claim that abolishing the lifetime allowance will sort of um, help retain or recruit NHS staff at the top end. Mm. And he he basically says that that's rubbish, oh, okay. um, that th- that won't work. Um, and he goes into some some figures um, about that, which is um, interesting. Um, so that was a particular uh, 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 thing. Um, and also the Emma meets with um, Ruth, Hancock. Uh, Ruth Hancock. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. well worth a read as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Lois out and about meeting all these very always, important people. Always um but yeah well well hopefully we'll have her on next time to uh further go into those things when we do our end of month for april um but yeah thank you guys so much for making it and talking to me about what you guys covered in march and for the april issue um i really enjoyed chatting with you and Do, i was gonna say happy ramadan but i don't know if like do you say happy ramadan
4: Yes, yes we do. Yeah, okay. Ramadan Kareem.
0: Oh, okay. So, Ramadan Kaleem. Kareem. Yeah. Kareem, Kareem. Oh my Kareem. god. Ramadan Kareem. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are braver than anyone I know because it is a real triumph to do that while also, you know, doing your normal life and writing all of these awesome stories that you put out.
4: Oh good, thanks. Thank you very much for that, Kim. Yeah. Yeah. that's what we do you just just do it
0: yeah yeah of course Um, but yeah thank you guys so much for speaking with me and uh, I look forward to speaking to you at the end of the month
4: yeah same here thank you very much thank you very (laughs) much
3: thank you